Welcome to In Conversation, the podcast from Creative Coverage that focuses on artists and their practice. I'm Tim Saunders, and today I'm with the artist Sarah Pye, whose popular droplet paintings have found homes throughout the UK and beyond. What appeals to you about painting in this particular way, Sarah? Well, I didn't actually start painting in this way, Tim. Like a lot of artists, I started at the very beginning. (laughs) I started taking watercolour classes uh, when my children got a little bit older and I found I had slightly more free time. And the actual way I paint now with the droplets, which is almost pointillist in its appearance, um, has taken about 10 years to evolve and to be refined, really. And I almost sort of happened upon it by accident. In a way, there is a degree of freedom and haphazardness in a way. Well, that's how it starts. And towards the end of the painting, obviously, it becomes more structured. But when I originally started to evolve, as all of us artists do, I went from painting quite figuratively. And then I got to a point where the last thing I wanted to do was to paint a thing in inverted commas. Like, I think I can almost remember the last actual thing I painted was a bowl of lemons in a bright blue bowl with yellow lemons in it um, and it was almost photographic and I remember thinking oh I, I just don't ever want to paint anything like that again and so I started trying to be free and sort of applying the paint to the canvas in a different way and I remember trying different brushes and sort of splattering it on and, and you know, throwing it on a little bit in in different ways. And it was really very, very messy and, and not overly successful to begin with. But there were glimmers of things in the work I was creating then, which, by the way, was not for sale, where I thought I really love the effect of that. I love the the way the paint moves. I love the layering. Uh, And gradually, I think over time, the way I dropped the paint onto the canvas became more calculated. And (laughs) like everything in life, the, the more you practice and the more you do of it, the more proficient you become. So have you always wanted to be a painter? I'd always loved painting and I've always been creative. I started my life um, at 16 as a hairdresser and I did that for about a decade and then I moved to being a gardener. My father was a horticulturalist and I basically got to a point where I didn't want to cut hair anymore. Uh, So I swallowed the RHS Guide to Plants. I'd always loved gardening myself and I was passionate about flowers and things and I started to do soft landscaping for customers and I did that for probably about a decade and then I got to a point where I really couldn't garden anymore my back hurt my shoulders hurt I'm still passionate about it even now and I decided that if I was going to do anything with my art then now was going to be the time to do it so I started to push myself forwards with regard to how I worked how much time I spent painting and you know what I actually did with my work once it was completed so it wasn't something I'd always wanted to do but having always been creative um, it was something that once I actually started to do it more and more it became slightly addictive. Lovely that you've been able to transfer your love of gardens onto canvas. 
Oh, completely. Uh, and I have to say, you know, I will always be passionate about flowers. I don't convert those into the droplet paintings very often because they don't work as well. I can't make them as free as I'd like them to be. It's difficult to describe, really. So if people don't know who I am, then uh, they won't know this. But a lot of artists, you're probably aware, Tim, have a, a very fixed style and a very set way that they like to work. And most artists, I remember someone saying to me once, oh, well, you're not a real artist if you're still painting different types of things and different types of style. But I completely disagree with that. I would be incredibly bored. Uh, I paint in my studio five or six days a week, seven or eight hours a day. And if I had to paint in exactly the same style every day, I would find that very monotonous. I'm incredibly lucky and I love my job. But there's something about being able to go into my studio one day and paint a droplet painting with lots of detail and very pointillist. And another day to go in and paint one of my very sort of free flowing wildflower meadows that are squirted on out of tubes and bottles and things. And a seascape, which is different again, which is big wet puddles of water all over the canvas uh, left to dry and then relayed and relayed again. So for me, although although I do love painting flowers, it's also nice to be able to, you know, ring the changes. Variety keeps you fresh. Absolutely, absolutely. And I and I do believe it. And there are a lot of people who look at me and they go, oh, no, we know it's not a droplet painting, but we still know it's yours. And I go, well, well how do you know it's mine? And they say, oh, well, it's it's just the way you use the colour or it's the way the paint lays on the canvas you know, with, the, with the layers. We know one of your big skies, people say to me, because they're created maybe in a slightly different way to other people's big skies. So, you know, it's nice that people can look at a wildflower meadow of mine or a droplet painting of mine and go, you know, oh, but we know they both belong to Sarah Pye. That's the other thing that is associated with you. The, the size of the canvas the boldness and the fact that they're square generally. Yes, you're absolutely right. Um, for some reason, over time, uh, square just became a favoured format, really. They sit comfortably with me. And you're right, I don't do small very easily. <laughs> um, I tend to do sort of big and slightly bigger these days. I think sometimes maybe it's because they are all very nature-based. And in nature, there's always space and fresh air and room to breathe. So for me, working on a a small canvas feels slightly claustrophobic as if there's not room to breathe and there's not room to express that sort of freedom that 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 you have in nature. Hence the move to 1.5 metre square canvas. Ah, yes. Well, <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, that is really big and they are very new. Um, and I have no idea yet exactly where I'm going to put these, but I'm working on it. And they are taking quite a bit of painting, I have to say. And obviously they're not going to be for maybe an average wall in a house because uh, they're just too big for that. But there is something very liberating about getting this massive white canvas and being able to set two on it really and to build the painting up and watch it evolve in front of you and then when it's finished you stand in front of it and it's as big as you are and there's you know there's that feeling of maybe you could almost step into it. <laughs> what is your favourite medium? Do you purely work in acrylics? Yes I do really I mean I've done a small amount of resin work which I have to confess is just horrible it's very messy quite a wasteful sort of product that I 
I decided no. Uh, I had fun, and it was an, it's always interesting uh, to try different things. You know, I think we're continually growing. Um, I think most artists will probably agree with that. And you see things that inspire you or give you ideas. But that one definitely wasn't for me. Oils definitely not they take far too long to dry and I'm quite an intuitive worker so I never draw anything I never draw on the canvas I always go straight on with the paint and oils you have to let it dry between layers which I have to do with the acrylics by the way too but the difference is days if you see what I mean mine dry in a matter of a couple of hours before I can put the next layer on whereas obviously oils take a lot longer and I don't think you can throw and drop oils very easily I know they have lots of different mediums and things that you can add to the paint these days to make it behave in a different way but no acrylics are very versatile you can use them like watercolor you can use them in pasto you know really thick and heavily textured and a bit of both you can mix the two on a canvas and and they work well together that way too do you work from memory from photographs or actually out in the open at all I never work on plein air purely because of the size of my canvas and it's incredibly windy today (laughs) I think if I was going to try and work outside it would cause all sorts of problems I do work in the garden sometimes outside my studio in the summer because just because the sun dries the layers off really quickly which means I can actually move forwards on a painting faster than I would be able to normally so I love it when it's hot and sunny and I can work outside in that way and obviously it's quite freeing to to work in the garden too but I never actually go out on site and work just because it's not really practical Um, and because my canvases get so wet um, they have to be kept flat and obviously you can't just pick it up and stick it in the back of the car afterwards because it would just not outside normally. (laughs) Do photographs play a part at all or is it purely from imagination? Photographs do play a part because obviously you know art is such a visual thing so I can be reading a magazine or out on a walk somewhere and something will just catch your eye it might be a photograph in a magazine and it might be the composition the way the landscape goes out onto a headland and the sea and the light catches the water and that might grab you and you go oh oh I, I like that so I will take the photograph but I won't paint that picture so I will just take aspects of it which will then inspire me to create my own view just like when I'm walking the dog across the fields at the back of where my studio is sometimes the light's really lovely or it'll be a certain time of year maybe the trees are silhouetted something like that you know and I'll snap something on my phone because it what it does is it just gives me an idea and then the rest of it tends to come out of my imagination Do you have a favoured brand of acrylic? I use Amsterdam acrylics mainly. I like the intensity of the pigment in them and I find them really nice to work with. I also use System 3, which is a slightly more affordable, you know, just sometimes the colours vary and obviously I mix a lot of my colours. But it's also interesting that each make of colour, each brand will have its own colour range and they will all vary slightly. So I find myself having favourite colours from different brands. If you saw my brushes, you'd die laughing. (laughs) So my brushes are this sort of manky, chewed mess where I've hacked into the bristles or they've been worn away to positive stumps because my brushes rarely touch the canvas. So for the droplet ones, it literally, apart from maybe the tree trunks in a woodland scene, for example, the whole painting is built up just with layers of drops. So the brush never goes on the canvas. So the important thing for me is having bristles that drop the paint into what look like 
almost perfect circles, so almost pointillist um, in their appearance. Uh, the wildflowers, I do use brushes sometimes, but I use a lot of pipettes and things to sort of squirt on wet shapes, which I then maybe spray with water to allow them to run or maybe squirt other colours into them so you get a different sort of mixture of of colours and things. Now, you have got to be one of the most proactive artists that I know. You are always (laughs) looking at how to best market yourself. And I know you're very busy at the moment, what with another website and producing prints and cards. Can you just tell me a bit more about your thinking there? To put it in a nutshell, no one ever sold a painting from their back room. So basically, if you've decided to make art your living, I guess you have to work out how exactly you're going to do that. I could tell you a funny story. So quite a few years ago now, I entered, and I don't do competitions and things, if I'm honest. I, I don't know if it's this fear of rejection or maybe, maybe I don't need someone to tell me that I haven't won. Okay, so (laughs) I don't want that to sound like negative in any way. Lots of people love competitions, but but they're not really they're not really for me. But many years ago, there was a program on television quite a long time ago now, probably about eight or nine years. And it was called Show Me the Monet. I entered this competition and I was narrowed down to the last out of 3000 applicants. I got into the last hundred out of that hundred they were going to pick 50 for this exhibition so when you got down to the last hundred you had to go to I went to Greenwich of all places for an interview and it was one of those nightmare scenarios it was a bit like the x factor for artists so there were three critics I sat on chairs and there was this massive sort of vaulted old viking sort of style room all in stone with stone floors and I had to walk like 50 yards across this floor to these three critics who were sat in like throne-like chairs and my painting was on an easel in front of them it was quite daunting I I have to say well basically the critics were there to tell you what they thought of your painting and whether or not you were finally going to get through into this final exhibition which was at the Mal Galleries anyway they were all sat there you know fingers on chins pondering quite obviously and when I stood there they made comments basically so the first one said something like yes I could see why people would want to hang this on their walls but it's not what I'm looking for so that was one of them then the lady she turned around and she she said um she said oh I actually quite like it I think you know I think it's got a nice appeal to it it was a big it was a big washy seascape by the way it was one of my seascapes and she said um yeah she said but I don't I don't know if it's the type of thing that we're looking for and the final guy whose name I can't remember any of their names but they're quite well known who was an older gentleman who was sort of slouched down in his chair literally so he was a fraction of his size and he sort of looked up and went well it's just commercial to me it's just commercial you know and and that's definitely not what we're looking for I said oh I said you know what do you mean you know what what do you mean it's commercial and he said well it's just you know it's what people hang on their living room walls to decorate their living room anyway long story short I didn't get down to the final 50 (laughs) which is which was fine I found their comments a little bit. Obviously, uh, you could say, well, I would find them that because I was the artist and I was sort of being slightly insulted in a way. But basically, I came home and I thought, commercial? 
you know, one artist has said, oh, yes, I could see why people want to hang this on their walls. And I'm like, oh, result. That's a good thing. Mm. You know, um, I want people to want to hang my artwork on their walls. And then when I looked up commercial, the actual the word commercial, when you actually look it up, it says concerned with or engaged in commerce or intended to make a profit, which I suppose, yes, if you're going to sell your art for a living, that's what you've got to do. But it also said that if something is commercial, it has little artistic value when you look it up in the dictionary, which I completely disagree with because I'm sorry, but Damien Hirst and people like that, I mean, they're making a lot of profit from their artwork. And, you know, so therefore it's commercial, surely. I I don't know the difference between the two, but I think from then on, I think that was what put me off competitions in a way, because I decided that I don't need to have my work confirmed as good by a panel of judges. No. I think I just need people to love my work. I need people to look at my work and go, I love that and I want it hung on my wall. The sales speak for themselves. And I think so for me, it's always been when I started out, Tim, I can honestly say I would stick my work anywhere. So <laughs> I, I, there were local cafes that had my work they they did the local open garden scheme with um, the air ambulance and I had one of the local beautiful gardens contacted me and said look if the weather's nice would you come and put one of your wildflower sort of floral paintings on an easel in the middle of a border you know and I went oh that sounds like fun you know great yes of course I'll deliver it set it up I tied it to the easel with cable ties wedged the feet of the easel into the ground you know so it couldn't go anywhere and it was a fine day and I did that for a few years you know even now Tim I'm I would happily if someone said to me would you put one of your paintings somewhere to you know enhance something or to add interest to something I'm really happy to do that type of thing because you just never know who's going to see your work what interest it might generate I I used to give my cards to the open garden scheme uh, thinking well that was a bit of publicity and I let them take the profits from the weekend just because it was like a little donation to the air ambulance you know Um, and I used to think well if you know if 20 people buy my cards then that's 20 of my images that are going to be sent out to you know to other people so It's a sort of softly, softly catchy monkey approach in a way, I think. It was very brave of you to go on national television because it's a very daunting process, isn't it? It is a very daunting process. And of course, art is so subjective as well. (laughs) It is. And not something I would ever choose to do again, by the way. (laughs) I think what it did is it stimulated me mentally, Tim to go I don't need people to tell me whether or not they think my art is good so they almost made me cross basically and they made me go I'm going to get out there and I'll show you what commercial art is. What is your goal in the next sort of 12 months? I have got an end goal but but if I'm honest I've realised over the last couple of years that I spend a lot of time obviously creating my work. I'm very lucky as an artist and and obviously I I have quite good sales but I've realised that when a painting is sold it's gone and although I do catalogue my work and I have obviously it's all on my iPad and I have some work photographed for print nationally and and that goes out with a national publisher and, and they do whatever they're going to do with it sometimes they tweak the colors sometimes they embellish it and put it behind glass with whatever resin dots on it and I allow them to do that with this limited range of images because it's another way of getting your name out there it's another way of 
you know, just as a small amount of income. No one ever got rich from being with a publisher, in my, in my view. Um, but it's a, it's another way people can find you. So it doesn't matter whether you're, you know, your prints are with John Lewis or Dunelm or in the range, you know, which is a, a much more affordable. And I only let them have a limited amount of my prints because my business has always been selling my originals. I love what I do and I'm very happy to spend all the time that I do spend painting. I think what it is, is you're suddenly aware that you've created all these works of art over the years. um, And when they're gone and the original sold, you suddenly go, that's gone. It's sold. There's nothing more I can, there's no more reward that I can reap from those paintings. Mm -hmm. So what I've decided to do is to, to take more of my work into print basically and to set up an online shop where where there's an affordable range but a very beautifully presented and printed uh, versions of my work you know because not everybody wants to spend you know upwards of two thousand pounds on a painting but they may well love your particular style and I frequently do shows all across the country and people will come up and they're so generous with their comments sometimes and they they tell me that my work makes them smile and that they love my work um, and then quite often they'll come and they'll go um, you know unfortunately I can't afford it but we do love it and we think it's beautiful so I suddenly thought I'm being a little bit naive here why don't I take a selection of my work and have it printed and reproduced in a very attractive format that I can maybe then you know earn a little bit more money from and hence sort of setting up the online shop uh, for also for my cards because greeting cards um you know are still you know very popular things uh, and they're they're a very again an even more affordable way of uh you know having little tiny miniature pieces of artwork or you know that you can send to friends that are more uh, more bespoke and more personal maybe than just grabbing something off Clinton's shelf there are lots of things sometimes people don't think especially what I call new artists and things as well so like the value of being with galleries and things and the value of uh, you know not just not just being with gallery but how that it's quite important to do lots of different things in order to spread yourself you know out into the public domain with regard to the prints I was concerned and probably one of the reasons I've never um, I haven't really done very much with prints myself in fact nothing really with prints myself up until now apart from on a really small one-off sort of here and there scale is because of the amount of time things like that take um, with admin so basically the more things you end up doing the less time I get to spend in my studio because whether you're you know dealing with publishers replying to emails dealing with printers and suddenly you've lost half a day here and half a day there which I was finding you know that that can be really frustrating and I found an amazing uh, company uh, called iCandy and the iCandy art group and they do something called the finished product so they will hold a bank of my images and basically when someone buys something from the shop uh, an email sent to me and I will just forward the email to them and that's all I will have to do and they will print to order frame it in the right size etc etc and send it straight out to the customer so it's not actually going to be taking up any more of my time 
which is just a massive result as far as I'm concerned. Oh, absolutely. It's, so it's, a company like this is wonderful because it used to be many years ago that when you have prints and things, you know, you, you had to have a minimum amount. Um, but there are companies, there are so many companies around now who are printing to order. So you don't have to invest, you know, hundreds or thousands of pounds in stocking up and getting a load of stock in. You can you, you can literally do it sort of print by print, um, which is wonderful because it means you haven't got, you know, you haven't got money invested in, in products that's having to sit on a shelf until someone you know gets around to buying it I think sort of over the years I've learned that there are so many I mean for any artists out there who are maybe not quite you know not maybe selling their work regularly yet but it's something they would want to do or artists who are definitely artists but aren't doing it for a living it's very much a hobby I think I think you have to be bold and you have to put your work wherever you can. So I started out, Tim, you know, back in the day, I started out by doing every little local exhibition and local show I could. You know, it cost £2.50 per painting to enter. You take th- you're allowed to submit three paintings. And, and then I went slightly further afield and I did, you know, um, little art shows elsewhere. Then I joined the local art societies, you know, the, the Henley Guild of Artists, um, and was able to then be part of the Henley Arts Trail, which has now become my sort of, now it's my annual sort of open studio event. But, you know, you do absolutely anything to begin with. And obviously, initially, as an artist, you know, one of the thoughts is, oh, my God, you know, wouldn't it be amazing to get into a gallery? And then, you know, because galleries are really important. Uh, sometimes you hear artists not putting their galleries down, but sort of really bemoaning, obviously, the 50 percent commission that galleries take. But I think there's they're not understanding the fact sometimes that the gallery is paying its rates and its rent and its staff and they are promoting you. And being in galleries is, is really, I think, really important because, yes, every time I sell a painting in a gallery, you know, I, I lose a chunk. Um, and sometimes people say, you know, um, when they want to buy off you privately, they try and knock you down and they go, well, you're not paying the gallery commission. And I go, no, no, no. The price of the painting is the price of the painting. I'm paying the gallery for the privilege of them putting me in their front window and endorsing my work. And I think it's quite important for up and coming artists. You know, that's how they should look at it in a way, because, you know, galleries are there to support you and you should have a good relationship with your gallery. I've still sold work through galleries and some of my galleries are really proactive and they change their windows every week and they've had signs on the doors saying you know if you want to buy anything just call us we'll package it up and you can do click and collect so they they have sold work even though they've been closed and obviously it's not great for them and they've said you know things are getting a bit you know things are a bit thin and they all can't wait to open but in the same breath um, they've still managed to keep ticking uh, which I think has been important for everybody in the last year just to be able to keep somehow moving forwards. I have actually made an error in the past of buying a painting off eBay of all places. Um, it was only small anyway, and I thought it looked really lovely and interesting on the screen. And when it arrived, it really, it was on painted on a thin, slightly, you know, not particularly flat canvas. It was quite, I, I don't know, there's just something about walking into an art gallery and yeah. being able to clearly see and sort of admire a piece of artwork see the detail that's gone into it that you just can't do when it's on a small screen I am optimistic for galleries that there will always be a place for them on the high street you know and galleries are places people go 
not always to buy but people go you know people say to me sometimes oh I love going into art galleries you know not necessarily buying but just to look because they're places of sort of exciting creative content aren't they lots of different things different styles you know sometimes there's sculpture sometimes handmade jewelry and lovely art generally so I'm, I'm hopeful that galleries will remain on the high street thank you Tim and thanks for the opportunity of doing this I appreciate no, it's it it's a pleasure